You are listening to the Effective Statistician Podcast, the weekly podcast with Alexander Schacht and Benjamin Pieske designed to help you reach your potential, lead great science and serve patients without becoming overwhelmed by work. Today we are talking about wonderful Wednesdays. Learn about visualization every month. <music> very much hope you like listening to this podcast and if you do please tell your colleagues about this it's really really great i just had a discussion last week with someone uh, at a major company and um, he got approached ah have you listened uh, to the effective statistician yet well The other colleague was actually in my communications committee and says, well, I'm talking to Alexander in 10 minutes. So please follow this example. Tell your colleagues about it if you like this podcast, because if we can spread the word more, then this podcast has a much bigger impact and just helps us all to be more successful. And there's really so much to do. And Just bringing everybody along will be so, so great. So, please tell it. And by the way, if you're listening to this on the browser, you can also listen it through your smartphone. So, I see a lot of uh, people listening it through browsers. That's why I'm making the comment. So, search for the smartphone, for the podcast app on your iPhone, or install any you know podcast players that you can have on an Android. The podcast is produced in association with PSI, a community dedicated to leading and promoting the use of statistics within the healthcare industry for the benefit of patients. Join PSI today to further develop your statistical capabilities with access to the pretty awesome video-on-demand content library, free registration to the many, many PSI webinars, and much, much more. There's actually just a reduced rate of 20 pounds for non-income countries and very, very reasonable annual 95 pounds for high-income countries. Just visit the PSI website at psiweb.org to learn more about PSI activities and become a PSI member today. Welcome to another episode of The Effective Statistician. And today I have a really, really nice topic that we are talking about with um, two other people that are partners in crime, so to say, on the visualization area. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Mark. How are you doing? Hi, Alexander. Okay. It's really great to talk today about visualization because it's a... It's a reoccurring theme here in the podcast. Uh, it's a reoccurring theme for PSI. There has been lots of um, sessions about visualization in the past. Yeah, just recently we uh, formed the visualization special interest group as well. And so through that, we will move forward a couple of nice initiatives, which we will cover later, later today. But first, um, Let's introduce uh, the guests today. So, so Rachel, um, maybe you can tell us shortly what brought you to where you are now and, and what's your interest in visualization? 
So, hi. Um, yeah, I've been a clinical trial statistician uh, working in academia for about seven years now, and I'm currently researching how we can uh, improve the analysis and reporting of adverse events in clinical trials. Um, and through that, I've sort of fallen into visualisation as a way that we might uh, improve the reporting of adverse events. So that, that's how I got here. Very good. So really very much the safety side. And I think um, visualizations has always played a big role in there. There's a lot of initiatives uh, that set up, you know, specific uh, visualization types for, for that area. And um, it's, it's interesting because it's a little bit different than the typical efficacy side. Mark, how about you? I would call myself now a data scientist. I work in um, a group at Novartis called Advanced Methodology and Data Science. It used to be called Statistical Methodology and Consulting. We support 450 statisticians and modelers within clinical development, provide consulting support on design of experiments to reporting and analysis of experiments, even to exploratory analysis later on. And that's where visualization is really important from helping people understand assumptions right through to the reporting and communication of results. And if you think about sometimes we work with very complex problems, being able to translate that into information that our partners can understand is really important. And that's where visualization is the key to this. I completely agree. And I've been getting into visualization quite a lot through my work in the medical affairs and the HTA area, because medical affairs is it's all about communication of your data in a way that is easily understandable by all the different customers, being it the European leader, you know, up to the prescribing GP at the other end, but also more and more patients or caregivers that are involved. And in terms of visualization, one thing that kind of one event that really got me thinking much more about visualization is when about 15 years ago, I spent a day with a sales rep. So that was a quite interesting event. I was the general manager at the time was uh, making everybody that was sitting in the back office, not Salesforce, have one day spent with the uh, sales rep. So we were then distributed all across Germany to spend a day with the sales rep. And I was with the sales rep in Munich and going to 11 different psychiatrists. And it was quite interesting. Sometimes, you know, the person had just two minutes with the, with the physician. And what can you, you know, what can you tell in two minutes? How can you, you know, get a message across in two minutes? The only way you can do that is visualizations. And in, in one of his folders, I actually saw a couple of microbes I had done for one of the studies. And I said, that's cool. That traveled from my desk through the whole organization up to the, you know, the sales rep is, who is now talking with the uh, physician about it. And so that I was thinking, but where are all the tables that I'm creating all the time? Yeah, they end up nowhere or they are then kind of converted into visualization so that people can actually understand it. So for me, that was one of these 
aha moments in my career where I said, hmm, that's where we can have a huge impact as, as statisticians. So w what are your stories about kind of uh, why visualization is important for us statisticians? I could follow up on just your uh, story there. Where just in the past couple of days, uh, we've been developing an internal training at Novartis on visualization, or we're calling it effective visual communication. And to get material to try and motivate why this is important, we looked at um, a slide deck that, our, that our, the Novartis Executive Committee presented to investors. And this is a 100-page slide deck with um, um, uh, overviews of our entire portfolio. And I'd say about 80 or 90% of the visualizations came from the statistics group um, in clinical development. Again, it's, it's Kaplan-Meier curves or longitudinal plots. And like, you can see the importance here of communicating that information to external um, parties. And that's where getting this right can have a, a real impact. And I think that's an important thing. That's an important aspect of the job as a statistician that we really, really focus on. Absolutely. I think we haven't talked about Wall Street. There's lots of stakeholders, internal and external. So, Rachel, do you have a story where visualization helped a lot? It's not so much a story, but it's more the opportunity um, I see. So, with adverse event data, it can be quite complex to communicate. And uh, you typically see that information reported in two by two tables. And it's really, really hard to work out what's going on there and potentially flag anything from those two by two tables so for me it's the potential story of what that that visualization can help us see for some quite com complex data yeah yeah i think the complex data can come in many forms so when i think about aes and there's so many of them you know if you have a bigger study especially if you have also a longer study Nearly every patient will have an AE at one point. And to then grasp this overall information of hundreds and hundreds of AEs and they belong into different uh, system classes and whatsoever. And they have different lengths and different severity and seriousness. And there's so many dimensions in there that it's really, really difficult to, to grasp that. And so just having listings for that is It's nearly impossible to get get a good understanding. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but that is what people are relying on. So it's, I think, for me, it's trying to encourage change there. Yeah, absolutely. One person I probably have talked about this story a couple of times in my in my leadership program, who was going to a safety physician and asking, "Well, what do you do with all the listings that that you get from from stats?" And that safety physician said, "Well, I." I scroll through them, spend a couple of hours, maybe a day, scrolling through them, upwards, downwards, sidewards, trying to understand the data. And then I make a decision of whether we increase the dose or not. And the decision said, wow, okay, turn around, developed an our shiny app so he can easily, easily visualize it, presented it to the, uh, to the safety physician, and he said, Wow, now I can do this task that took me a couple of hours and 15 minutes. Awesome. Yeah. 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 So that is, I think, another, another area where we can see it's just much faster 
you can grasp much more details in an easier way. You can, you know, especially if you can interact with the data, you can filter it, you can sort it, you can, you know, have lots of ways you can compare the data very, very fastly. That helps just, uh, just a lot. Yeah, for sure. So, Mark, you mentioned in your company, you have this training. It looks like there's a lot of investment from Novartis uh, in, in this field. So what kind of priority does that have in, within your company? I would say it's quite a high priority at the moment, um, at least for the past, I would say since I joined Novartis, there, there's been ongoing initiatives on graphics or visualizations. And it started off where how do we convert from tables to graphs so that we, we as you, you spoke before, where are the tables and listings really the effective way to um, visualize or communicate information, particularly if you have large volumes of uh, information within one table? We had an initiative called the Graphics Workstream that was centered around how do we promote or improve um, the use of graphics within Novartis. That has been superseded by the new technologies like Shiny as well. And we have a, an initiative called Advanced Visual Analytics, and it's really speaking towards this approach of if you have hundreds of preferred terms and someone needs to identify if there's a signal there what's the best way of presenting that information and also being interactive so you, you can start to cut and look at information in different ways so Novartis has really invested quite a lot of time and effort particularly in the statistics group to think about these types of problems yeah yeah I see that also in other companies and I can say it here at UCP, um, there's also a couple of different initiatives that, that drives this forward because there's also much more demand now. And I think we have other industries that are leading the way and, and where we can learn from. And I think uh, there's a couple of resources that we may talk about later where, where uh, people can learn from. But Coming to you as, you know, statisticians personally, what do you love about working on visualization? I think for me, it's just that, that contrast between if you just have tables of information and then showing how you can do that visually, what the impact of that, the, the time it saves you, but also how quickly you get that message and how easy, much easier it is to see the message. You've got to get the visualization right for that. I think into that, what I hate about visualization <laughs> is how, how if you don't get it right, you can distort um, the message or you can sort of confuse the message. But I think once you get it right, it can give a, a much quicker and easier message with a good visualization. Yeah. Mark, what is, you know, for you personally, what do you love about visualization? I think I never really thought about it in depth for a while, but I was always drawn to visualizing data and, um, and rather than have it listed, I would try to think of a way just to present it in a visual way, even just for myself. Uh, I remember during my PhD, I worked with high dimensional data and the outputting that data into tables or data sets just wasn't an option. You had to visualize it. And then uh, one day uh, I, I watched a, an online video by someone called John Rouser and he, he sort of summed up where he, he talked about visualizations are kind of hybrid between art and science. And that's really, I think, why I'm drawn to it is there's something creative about it as well as the scientific aspect. And I think 
once you marry the two together, you really have an impactful vehicle to communicate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's absolutely an art, art to it as, as well. And um, because it's, it's not kind of, you know, black and white. It's not, this is a way you can do it and everything else is wrong. There's usually always trade-offs involved. And then, uh, you know, if you have a certain message, then, you know, you select that graphic type. If you have a, you know, want to focus on another part and you have another type, what do you include in the visualization? What do you leave out of the visualization? There's always trade-offs that you need to make between simplicity and complexity. If you want it to be very, very interactive, then it becomes really complex. Or do you want it to be easy, but then you need to make design choices in terms of saying, okay, you limit the options for the user, maybe limit even the data that the user can see so that it becomes easier for the user. So I think that is where it has a lot to do also with all the science about um, user experience and, and user interface uh, design, things like that. Uh, but where also lots of graphic design comes into play. But in terms of data visualization, there's also a couple of interesting principles. Mark, what comes to mind for you when we talk about visualization principles? Yeah, there, there is a, a number. I mean, uh, at Novartis, we, we thought about ways of measuring the impact of visualization. And before we could even measure that impact, we had to think, well, what would we measure? And then we, we focused on what are the, the core principles that make a graph good? You know, why do you like one graph over another? It can't be just intuition. And so we, we looked at a whole range of principles and tried to boil them down into a list. And I think the most important one that stood out was you have to be clear on your purpose for the, the visualization. And that's something that's always often overlooked is what's your objective for that visualization? Is it to um, influence someone? Is it to make a decision? Is it to explore the data? And I think once you're clear on that principle, are you trying to explain or to explore, then everything follows naturally. And I think that's the one principle that's always overlooked, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it starts with, you know, you need to have the framework in which you operate in mind. Sure. You know, a, a visualization that is standalone in a publication is something completely different than, you know, the visualizations that we talked about earlier where you interact with to understand all your safety data. Yeah, okay. so, so that has completely different uh, aspects to it. Or if you view it on a big screen in a... In a conference room, or whether you see it on your laptop and you interact with it one to one, that is, um, yeah, there's, there's lots of side side conditions. Yeah, and I, I often see that a lot, where you you can see a graph or a visualization that has been designed for a clinical study report, and then that's copy and pasted into a presentation, internal or external, and they don't translate often. Yeah, the font yeah. size is too small, etc. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know, you don't want to have long footnotes and you know all the different titles and subtitles and sub subtitles exactly. <laughs> on, exactly. on a presentation at a, at a big uh, conference. Um, 
And also, if you want to use color, maybe, you know, in your report, it's just black and white, but probably you want to have color at a conference. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Rachel, what, what, what's on your mind when it comes to visualization principles? Um, for me, the key thing is to keep it as simple as you can. Don't try and explain everything in one visualization, throwing all sorts of data at it. It can be just keep keep them simple and don't clutter them with information that we don't need and yeah be clear on what the message is about visualization yeah yeah i think there's there's this design principle that a design is then really really good if you can't take away anything anymore yeah, yeah. it's not Design is good when you can't add anything anymore. <laughs> yeah. And so, so I always think about an iPhone or other things from Apple that is really, really mini minimalistic. And, and I think that is also if you have a nice graph that, you know, you take out maybe grid lines or tick marks or 3D effects and other kind of distorting effects that don't help you, you know, make sure that all the, the title and the accesses are aligned. Can you get rid of the legend and bring it into the graph instead of, you know, having everything separated out? So, so there's a lot of design aspects about uh, making it visually appealing. What do you think about this, this aspect of having a, a beautiful graph? I think it depends what the purpose of your, <laughs> your graph is. I, I, I don't oppose beautiful graphs. I tend to produce much more simple, um, basic visualizations. Um, I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I would agree it's on the purpose. But I, I, I think if you want to make an impact, then I think you can focus on the beauty. But if you want to be effective, then I, I think it's <laughs> back down to this principle, just put in as much information as you need to get your point across. Um, I, I think there's a, I'm going to, this is probably going to be wrong, but there's a German quote from Dieter Rams, it's Beniger aber besser, less yeah, is better. Yeah. And I think that's the principle for if you want to be effective. But if you want to make a visual impact, then I think beauty is probably the way to go. I, I sometimes think like, It's just much more enjoyable to look at a beautiful graph. And the beautiful doesn't mean that there needs to be, you know, all the dots are not dots, but flowers or something like this. That's, that's, <laughs> that's not what I mean, but, but it's, it's visually appealing. Yeah. So, so the, the, yeah. the colors are at ease. They, you know, they, they look good together, things like that. So, so it's not like you look at it and, and, Oh, you think like, oh, that hurts <laughs> looking at it. Yeah, the yeah, colors yeah. are screaming yeah. at you. And and I think there's a, there's a value in having a beautiful graph because then people want to interact with it, want to engage with it. You, you mentioned the simplicity. What do you think about, you know, a little bit more innovative graphs? Yes, yeah, so, so when people maybe are used to seeing a bar chart or a line chart, doing a little bit different, so something like, you know, an area chart or a waterfall plot or something that is divergent, something that is a little bit unusual. What do you think about that? 
Um, I think you need to think carefully about your audience and their ability to be able to understand that. And also whether you will have the opportunity, if it is, in a, to, to explain the yep. different components of it. So if you're doing it in a presentation, for example, and you can go through it um, to help people understand, I think that's great. But I, I, I like, but I think you do need to be careful about where they're used. Yeah. Mark? What's your thought? Being a typical conservative statistician, I, I always I think um, the innovation isn't really needed. Um, so I always tend to think, um, will someone understand a new display, like say the general public, if you have an area chart, will they get will, will they get what you're trying to convey there? But on the other hand, I, recently I, I've seen an example here where. Um, for one of the like indications, like say rheumatoid arthritis, you have these composite endpoints where you collapse, say, 70, 80 measurements into one single number. And uh, a team looked at a way of visualizing that information in a different way, and then used a skeleton uh, yeah. as the, the basis to essentially provide a heat map where you can say, at baseline, you have red, so the, the, the patient is uh, has uh, inflamed joints, and then they have treatment and the colors go to blue. So essentially the joints go from one color to another. From a statistical point of view, that'd be very hard to measure, but from a aesthetic or an impact perspective, that really did make a difference. And so uh, it depends on the purpose, but I always go towards the conservative side. That's just my nature. <laughs> I, to be honest, one of the visualizations that really inspired me is this visualization that Hans Rosling did together with the BBC about um, 200 years of uh, 200 countries, how they develop in terms of life expectancy and uh, average income. And, and you see that how, you know, these different bubbles representing the different countries, how they uh, change over time. If you see how often this video is looked at, how often it's cited, how often it's, you know, used to uh, showcase something. I think there is, there's sometimes places for these more innovative uh, ideas, but I agree, Mark, it's, it's, it's a trade-off. Yeah. So, so you need to know about what is, do you really want to take the risk of doing something more innovative to stand out? But of mm -hmm. course, if you stand out, you, might also confuse people if you're not good in explaining what, what you're showing. So, yeah, you need to have the time also to explain it. So that's a couple of pros and cons to that as well. Okay, now we talked about a couple of visualization principles. We talked about minimalistic design. We talked about the beauty of it, interactivity, and that it's important to understand in which conditions these visualizations are used, what you want to achieve with it, setting a go clear goal at the beginning. And I think these are all topics that, you know, we want to help overall statisticians understand more about. This podcast episode is, is one way to do it, but we are thinking about a couple of other ways to do it. And that's why we founded the visualization stick. And there's, you know, it's not just the three of us. There's a couple of others on that as well. But, um, having a podcast with, you know, too many people gets really, really difficult. So Rachel, Mark, what, what 
made you join the visualization sick? Or Rachel, did you force were forced in by me? <laughs> Um, no, I think it came at a very timely, your invitation came at a very timely point where I was thinking about how I could maybe connect with different people to explore what they were doing in terms of visualisation. And so I think this gave me an opportunity to actually to learn from you guys, but also to, to get my message out there about how we could maybe use visualisations that add this event data. Yeah, very good. And, and a little Mark? bit of a twist in my arm. <laughs> <laughs> From my point of view, I, I, I am just very interested in this topic. And I work with uh, another initiative uh, called Stratos that uh, focuses on observational data. And we, we've set up a, a visualization panel. Rachel has also agreed to join. The thing that uh, drives me is when I was a trained statistician going through my undergraduate degree, we didn't talk about the graphics at all. We didn't talk about graphical principles and this is something that I've learned on the job and I think this is something that um, hopefully as a profession we can improve and I'd like to be part of that yeah I think I completely agree yeah I think that these are very common reasons to to join a SIG uh, but you need to be passionate and interested uh, on the topic okay so there's a couple of different ways the SIG uh, wants to help the overall community uh, surely there will be training and, and one-day events and, and things like that that is coming up. But today we want to talk specifically about a project that we came up with the innovative name of Wonderful Wednesdays. <laughs> the goal of this is for me to give statisticians the ability to learn more about visualizations in a, in a practical sense in with data and with, with questions and problems that we all face on a day-to-day -day basis. And so not learn visualization with, let's say, uh, some data about beer consumption in Germany, but Airbnb data, whatsoever, but really about the uh, clinical, biological data that, that we deal with all the time. Rachel, Mark, who would like to give, talk a little bit about what we are going to do? I, I guess I should give context to the, the, the wonderful Wednesdays as well. So there is a, the Makeover Monday and then Tidy Tuesday. And um, I, I guess with Wonderful Wednesday, it's this idea of practicing your art on realistic examples, this idea of active learning. So instead of it being theoretical, you, you learn by doing in, a, in an environment where um, I guess the stakes are low. So if you if you learn on the job doing this example, like through examples, then um, it's not so critical. And I think this is a, a good way to learn, but also to do this as a, a community where you can learn from others, I think is a really impactful idea. I, I, I believe this would be, this should make an impact. Who will benefit from participating in these wonderful Wednesdays? I would say anyone that has to work or even consume data. So this could be our stakeholders, clinical scientists, medical writers. It could be statisticians, statistical programmers. But I would even widen it up, data scientists, machine learning experts. Anyone that has to work with data, uh, I think, could benefit. That could be from hands-on experience to even just understanding the general principles of why this works and why this doesn't work. Absolutely. Rachel, what's your thought on that? Yeah, I was just thinking it's anyone that's 
is handling data and needs to produce output from data, but also, again, those that consume that information could be really helpful to work out, um, to work with us doing this. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think also anybody that needs to, you know, explain data, communicate data, these type of people this will surely benefit from it. And, and of course, you know, you can take part in these this initiative as a, as a, you know, just an individual or maybe as a team. You know, so that will be, I think, the fun part. Okay. In terms of how that will work is we will present each month a data set together with an example visualization. And this data set uh, will be some kind of, uh, yeah, made up data, but it will reflect something that is, that we see actually in real life. So, so like a clinical study or an observational study or retrospective database analysis, anything that, you know, we work on in a daily basis and then to think about, okay, how can we take this data set, take this example and have a look at it and, and better display it, better communicate it. Maybe also, you know, in the future, we'll look into dashboards and things like that. And then the idea is that people can download these data sets from the homepage of the SIG, which we will host on the psiweb.org homepage where, where all the six are. And then you can use any tool you like to improve it. Yeah. Whether it's Excel or R or SAS or what other thing you can come up with. Um, the only thing that we, and then, um, you can submit it back to the SIG. And then one, one, one month later, we will have another webinar where we will go through all the different uh, submissions and uh, speak about them. It depends a little bit on how many submissions we get. <laughs> but, uh, probably at one point, we need to pick choose uh, a couple of them. But it's then the idea is that we speak about them, what's, what's, what's good, what maybe could be optimized, what could be done differently, so that people by understand these different visualization principles by exploring real case studies rather than, you know, just seeing something in a book or yeah, on, on the web. And I think if you have then interacted yourself with the data because you yourself wanted to produce something, then you already understand where the pitfalls are, where the problems are. So, just by doing that, that will help you a lot to improve your visualization uh, skills. Mark, Rachel, anything to add? What would be nice about this is um, by going through these examples, we should build a, a community, I guess, a resource of how to implement these examples. So if you want to understand um, how to execute a specific graph that you like, the code should be made available as well. So this is really just growing a um, a, a resource of how to do this through a community exercise. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we'll need have a nice gallery with data set, code, and the graph so that you can, you know, 
take it and adapt it for, for your needs. Okay. I think that is a great episode about visualization. We talked a lot about what the role of the visualization is in our conference, uh, in our companies. We talked about what are different principles and, and why it's important for us as statisticians to invest in learning these principles so that we can convey the message and not confuse the message, as, as Rachel mentioned, because mm -hmm. especially if it's visualization, if you mess it up, uh, you may do more harm than help. So, and most of us are never, you know, formally taught about these kind of things. We might pick up a little bit of a trick here and there um, at our day-to-day -day work, but here now we have the opportunity to learn in a much more structured, but also hands-on way how to improve our visualization skills. And to be honest, I think that will elevate the impact that we can have as a function overall much more. Then we can provide much more value to medical overall, the medical community overall, and make sure that better decisions are made uh, in, in a faster way. So thanks so much, Mark, Rachel, for this uh, interview. It was a pleasure. Thanks very much. Thanks, Alexander. Okay. As a listener, just go to the show notes. There you will find all the links, uh, including the link to the homepage of the visualization stick, where you can find the details about upcoming webinars, about uh, the data sets. And in, over time, then hopefully also a couple of examples from uh, previous webinars. So, so if you listen to this in the future, hopefully you'll see lots of lots of examples there. Okay, then. Talk to you next week. Bye. So I very, very much hope that you enjoyed this podcast episode as much as I did. We actually missed one really, really important uh, information. We will start with this um, first webinar where you get the first time data and uh, graphs that you can then uh, update and, and improve on the 11th of March. Thereon it will be yeah then always the second Wednesday of the month. So just go to the PSI homepage where we host the um, special interest groups homepage and there you can learn about all the dates and, and uh, what has been done if you listen to this already in the future. This show was created in association with PSI. Thanks to Rain who helps with the show in the background and thank you for listening. As I said, you know, you can find all the show notes and the links to the SICK homepage, all that you can find on theeffectivestatistician.com. So, just one last comment. Please tell your colleagues about this podcast if you like it. And like always, I finish with reach your potential, lead great science and serve patients. Just be an effective statistician.